Father, I just want to pray, pray that your blessings will be upon Kim as she speaks your word today. She's got a story to tell, and it's incredible, and we can't wait to hear it. And I just pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to what she has to say today. You'll calm her nerves, and you'll allow uh, her to speak through you in a way that will really make a difference to every single one of us and speak to us in the ways that we need it to. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Cool. Hi, guys. Um, welcome to church. Um, so I have this really cool topic that I'm going to speak to you about today once I can turn this on. Won't be a moment. Got it. All right. Um, so nice to meet you all. And uh, good to see some new faces around as well. Um, I have this really cool story. So when I was younger, um, I know most of you have heard about Cambodia, but my parents took me out of hospital once I was born um, when I was only three weeks old. And I know that most mums would know that most hospitals would say only six weeks at least. Um, but so I was taken over and my parents worked at this um, school for orphaned kids called ICC. And that was one step that they took and um, it's changed so many lives as well. Um, but yeah, there's some photos, there we go. Um, but my parents would uh, get to know these people and they would um, hand me over sometimes to the uh, locals there and I'd probably go missing or they wouldn't be able to keep an eye view for maybe two hours at least. Um, I'd come back eventually. Um, but yeah, they had so much trust in these people that they would hand me over and I'd be able to go around, I'd come back fed with lollies, so many lollies. Um, and my teeth are still in contact, so it's all, it's all good. Um, but yeah, this, this was a new experience and they were willing to, uh, I guess, trust these people so much. Um, also, they would go down to the markets and um, the lady in the middle uh, holding me as a child, um, she was from these markets and um, they got to know her and um, when they would go down to do some of this shopping that they had to do uh, with very new food, um, they would hand me over to her and again I'd go around to all these lovely locals down there and my mum probably wouldn't see me until she was done doing her shopping. Um, but that there is just one foot into trusting someone. Um, but I know that we all have trust issues and um, that can either be with your friends, it can be with your family, um, but it can also be with God. And that is, like, you have your own reasonings for that. And it may not be the same as the person sitting next to you, but 
we all have some sort of trust issue. Um, so in 1 Kings 17, 1 to 10, we have this really cool story about Elijah and um, he's had to go out and trust God so much that he gets fed by ravens. If you go back to the start of his story uh, where he's gone up to the king and said, I'm sorry, but you won't get water until God says so or he said it, I say so, because God sent him to send the message. But if you think about it in these days, it's kind of like you walking up to, say, Donald Trump and saying, I'm sorry, Donald Trump, but your wall that you're thinking of building, you can't do that. That's just not going to be right for any of us. So sorry about that. But um, then he's turned around and gone, well, then I'm just going to blow you up. I'm sorry. Just going to send a missile after you as well because that's what I can do. Um, but that's kind of what Elijah felt and the only thought that he would be thinking of is, I've now got to run. And the only place to run was out in the desert next to this brook. Um, but Elijah knew God and that's all God asks is to say, just know me. So Elijah, um, he, he's not just said, I, I know this God, but it also says in the Bible, in the Bible, um, that he says, whom I serve. He doesn't just say, I know this God, but I serve this God. I give everything to this God. Um, so yeah, he trusts him so much that he goes out to this desert after he's told the king and spends this time next to this brook. Um, and God said, okay, now that you're out here, you're going to have to trust me. And he says that to all of us as well, just trust me. Um, so he's gone out, there's this brook, who knows if it's clean or not, but it's his only source of water. And he's like, cool, cool, that's all good, but now I need food because, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what's going to keep me alive as well, not just water. Um, but God's like, cool, you know what I can do? I'm going to use the ravens. I'm not going to use, like, I don't know, a plant that grows up next to you, um, but I'm going to use ravens to come feed you. And... To me, that's kind of like, don't you go out and feed the birds with bread yourself? It's kind of been a reverse reality of going, the birds are feeding you with bread. Isn't that kind of weird? I think so. Um, but yeah, so he gets fed by these ravens and he's like, oh cool, um, I've got this food that's sent by God from these ravens, and I've got my little brook as well. I'm, I'm set for life right here. Um, but then the brook dries up. And if I was in that situation, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> I can only survive three days without water. What am I going to do? Um, but Elijah turns to God, and he's like, God, where do you want me to go next? This brook's dried up. I can't survive for much longer. 
what can I do? And so then God asks him, trust mine. And he also asks us as well, trust my people. Don't, like, you can, you can trust in me, but I've also given you these people around you to go and trust. Um, so Elijah has asked God, and God says, I want you to go to this widow um, and just ask her for some water and some food, and it should be all good. Um, but if you look further into that story, there's, she's probably only got enough water and enough food for herself and her son. And then Elijah's gone up and gone, well, can you give me some of that too? Because, you know, God sent me here and you're my only resource at the moment. But he's had that trust in that person that God sent him to. And it's, it's almost mind-blowing. It's going, you have that much trust. You don't know the person, but you have that much trust in God and in his people. Um, but those are just the three steps that we all need to do, is to just get to know him, get to know the trustworthy God that is waiting for us. Um, he also says, trust me, get me to do something for you, even if it's something at work, if it's something at school, if it's just something at home. Just trust me that I will do that. And I'm <laughs> pretty sure that your life will go fairly smoothly. Fairly. I didn't say very smoothly, but fairly smoothly. Um, but then the last step is to trust mine. Trust my people. Get to know my people. Get to know um, Neil. Get to know Sarah. Get to know any of the people around you, your small groups, um, your Bible studies, whatever, just go out there and get to know them and spread that word. If someone else comes to you, get them to know you. Um, but also, this brings me back to another story where my brother, um, he, he, he was over in Cambodia with us when we went back um, a few years later. And um, we were staying at Ben and Sharon's place um, out in the middle of the jungle, um, over there, the jungle. Um, but it was so far out of the local town that it's at least, maybe, at least a two-hour drive over these potholes that may or may not be easily driven over depending on the conditions. Um, but... So, my brother was really, really sick, and um, the, the only other thing that we could do was get a helicopter in, but that wouldn't have, like, if it wasn't to work, then we would have had to spend a lot of money for nothing. So, what my parents did was turn to God, and they trusted in him. They prayed to him and said, please, just please help our son. Please help him to get better because we don't know what else we're going to do. Um, and me as a little, little child, I was like, it's just my brother. He's going to be fine. It's cool. Um, 
But yeah, and then uh, we went to bed that night and he was still coughing away and I was like, cool, he's, he's just got the, like a little bit of milk stuck in his throat, it's all cool. Um, but yeah, little did I know is that my parents were stressing out that my brother could, you know, just cough it at some point if, <laughs> if God didn't help him. Um, but yeah, we wake up the next morning and we hear absolute silence and um, to, to most people it would be a really scary moment of uh, why is there no sounds coming from outside where that child was coughing last night? Um, but yeah, we went out and we looked down at my brother and he's smiling. He's all happy. There's no signs of what was there, like that cold or the coughing or anything. He was absolutely fine. And to have had that trust in God and to him to provide for our needs, that was an amazing event that happened. And that's what every one of us needs as well in our lives, is to just know him, just to know that he's there, just to trust him, trust in everything and give him your all and to know his people around you, that you've got support for that. So that's my message for you today. And thanks for listening to me. But here comes Sarah, and she's amazing too. <laughs> you keep So I just want to advertise that uh, Joe and Angus are going to be running some parenting seminars for us. <laughs> Just kidding. I think um, I want to... Thanks, Kim. That was awesome. Kim spoke um, at her chapels this week. She went out of her comfort zone to speak to her peers, um, to her teachers, um, and then here again in front of you, and, and that's pretty awesome. Um, we, we like a bit of comfort. Um, and I guess, too, I want to affirm Angus and Joe. you know, as parents, we try really hard to um, put everything into our kids and really hope that one day that they'll take on the God that we love and share him too. And so well done to you guys. You know, it's worked and that's, that's really exciting. And look, I was going to say we're glad that Josh is still in the world too, um, but he's not in here, but I'll tell him later. We're, we're glad he survived. Um, so know me, trust me, trust mine. I want to talk about, just for a moment, who is the trust mine? And I want to challenge you to say that I think if you've been kicking around Christianity for any length of time, that it's you. That even if you're sitting here today for the first time and you're thinking, I, I think there is a God and, and, and I've seen him in other people and maybe I'll give him a go, then that's you too. Then you're included in that trust mine, that you are the people, you are the person that God has called to represent him to his world around him. Now, last week, um, if you weren't here, I want to recap something that Neil said. Last week, we put out a challenge, like a mentoring challenge. If you were here, you would have received one of these little slips. Um, 
awesome response. Like, um, it was just amazing to sit there um, last Saturday afternoon and go, whoa, that's awesome. Wow, that's really cool. Um, you won't have heard back from Neil. I keep hearing myself say, um, and I keep saying to Neil, you say, um, way too much. Don't tell him I said, um, during this. So, we want to talk about these um, slips again today. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm no, I had a night without Neil. No children were killed in the making of this sermon yesterday. Some may have had tears. So did their mother, but it's all good. Okay. Some of you will have signed up for this and gone now. Whoa. I'll put my name down, but I don't actually know how to have a conversation with someone new. Is there a way that we can retract those slips of paper? Um, and I want, I want to, uh, I want to <laughs> give you an opportunity. I want to give you some feedback on what you can do for the first time. If this is something that you're scared, you're like, I want to invest in people. I want to walk up to someone and have the courage to speak to them, but I'm, I'm a little nervy. So here's some things. Get to know their names. And I'm all good with going stealth mode to a person that you know that knows them. See the person over here with the red shirt? What's their name? Find it out. Find out someone's name and approach them. Do it that way. Pay a unique compliment. See someone. Notice something on their clothes and go, huh, I love the scarf you're wearing today. That's really beautiful. Pay a compliment to someone. Notice people's shoes. People have amazing shoes. Look around you. And it is such an easy way to speak or start a conversation with someone. Look at their shoes. They're so individual. If you want a way to interact with a person that you've never spoken before, compliment their shoes. They're probably paying a lot for them and they're happy to speak about it. Um, or their wife might have paid a lot for them and they're happy to refer you over to her and you can meet her as well. It's a, it's a combination. Ask some questions. Hey, how was your week? Hi. Have you been here before? Sometimes I'm really busy here and I kind of lose track of who's here. I haven't met you before. Hi. Enter their world. If you want to seek to engage with someone who's maybe still at school, make it your business to find out, is there exams coming up soon? Could I be saying, can I pray for you? I hear your exams are coming up soon. Get in to where they are. There's a, I know my four children being four of them, sport is a big thing. Like, I'd have to go and Google it before I made a conversation. Mind you, Cameron Smith, Simo. Um, so if, if sport is your thing, if sport is, you know, even if it's not your thing, maybe dive into sport. Make that your way, that you can just bridge that gap and intentionally just say hi to the first person. And I know that there's some of you sitting there right now thinking, that's not very sophisticated language. That's actually a bit rehearsed and a bit fake. I don't want to do that. I'm not that. And it may not be the best communication that you have ever done, but it communicates something very, very powerful and it says to that person, I see you. When you walk into our space, you are known. I see you. 
And I think that's something so important. Now, if you have been my friend, you may not know if we're still friends or not anymore because I have currently been a Greek hermit for the last three months because I've been studying Greek as part of my theology and like there's only enough space in this head for that and I rarely venture out. So I thought today, mate, it's costing me 2,000 to punish my dollars to punish myself in this way. I should at least just whack one Greek word in this sermon. Surely that's what I'm doing it for. So I want to introduce you to a vocab word of mine and it is called Allah. Alpha, lambda, lambda, alpha. You're allowed to ignore the accents. You don't get marks for them in your exam, so ignore it. I always have. Um, This is a word that I think you will love. In fact, I know you love it because you use it all the time. And especially you use it when we come to talking about things like this. We use it when we talk about things like intentionally investing in other people. And what it means in English is but. I know it's awesome to vest in people that come in here, but I'm shy. But my personality isn't wired that way. But I'm busy. I work with people all week. I am running on empty, but I don't have what it takes to stand up the front. But I don't have a heart. There's plenty of other people over there, but I don't have it. That is a word that when we're talking about this context, we use all the time. You don't necessarily say it out loud, but we do. We use it all the time. And that's why I think there's something so beautiful about the story um, that Kim started for us this morning. So if you have your Bible or if you're on your phone, I want you to go to 1 Kings chapter 17 um, and we'll pick it up at verse 7. So Kim gave us the background story um, of Elijah. He had a not so nice message to deliver, but Because he knew and trusted God, he chose to deliver it anyway. Then was running for his life on the promise that God would look after him. And then he all of a sudden got real thirsty and he had to go and seek someone else. And there's something so beautiful in this story that is liberating for us, especially us that favour that but word. So let's pick up from verse 7. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. And her reply is, as surely as the Lord gives, I don't have any bread. I've only a handful of flour in a jar and a little bit of oil in a jug. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and for my son that we're going to eat and then we're going to die. This woman is running on empty. She has nothing left to give. She has 
no resources in her back pocket. There is no magic cupboard that she is going to be able to open up, that she has a storehouse or an overflowingness to give out of. And when she was walking around that yard that morning to collect those sticks, she was not thinking hospitality. She was thinking survival. And I want to say that I reckon there's more than one of you that when you walked through that little hole in the wall into breakfast, your thought today was not hospitality. Yours was survival too. And it was for you, one foot in front of the other with a brave face walking into this space because you're running on empty. I'm running on empty. We often feel like we have nothing left in the tank to give. I feel like we are so strung out, flat out, stressed out, that we always are at a point where we can say, I have no capacity to give. I have no capacity to invest in anyone else. And that's what's so beautiful about this story of this widow. And that's why I think it's so powerful because she is coming from a place where I think you and I sit so often She had no capacity to give. The only way that she could meet his needs was by switching to someone else's resources. She had nothing. But she switched to God's resources and a miracle happened. A miracle that repeated itself on a daily basis until God brought healing to that land. A few years ago, Neil decided it would be a great idea to buy a trail bike. Um, And I thought, mate, you can do your learner's permit back then online. So why not? Why not get my learners to ride the bike? So I got my learners. I think I had Lachlan sitting beside me. And he made me get one wrong in the test. And I had to sit it again. Um, But I got my learners permit. We were down at Neil's family's house. And they kind of live out in the country. And... Neil just said, go for a ride by yourself. Get on the bike, go by yourself, go to the end of their road, turn left, turn right, keep going. Just give me two minutes, I'll get in the car and I'll follow you. It doesn't have a lot of fuel in it, but you'll be right. You'll have enough to get home. So I'm like, the bike is so heavy. So like when I get it, I get that like, Um, If it goes too far, I'm like, I can't rein this back in. Anyway, I'm on the bike. I go down to the end of Neil's parents' street and I turn right and I keep on driving. And I go up this hill, down a valley, up this hill to the top. And I'm really not great at turning yet. It's really hard to turn tightly because you feel like you're going to fall over. So I'm kind of doing this wide, wide, wide turn. And then I'd like to say that I stopped it after I turned, but I stalled it after I'd turned. And I thought, oh, all right, I'll start it. I'll start again. So I start the bike, and the bike wouldn't start. I try again, and the bike wouldn't start. I try again, and the bike wouldn't start. And then I'm like, oh, this bike's run out of fuel. Thank you, Neil. There was enough fuel to get home, Sarah. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, he'll be here any minute, so I'll just stand, I'll put it on its stand and I'll just pretend that I'm admiring the view if anyone went past. And he didn't come. And he didn't come. And I was there for like more than half an hour and I'm like, 
one minute, Neil, come on. And then I'm like, I'm going to have to push this ginormous monstrosity home. So I'm like, here I go, I'm okay. So I pushed it down the hill. And then I, when I got to the bottom of the hill, I'm like, I actually can't push that up the hill. It's too heavy. I can't do it. So I just was in the lull of this hill. I could go no further, no more. I tried a little bit and I did the whole <laughs> and back down again. I had no strength. It's a heavy bike. I, I'm, I'm stronger than I appear, but... Um, and so I was just standing there waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally Niels comes around the corner and he's like, left, then right? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I just went right. And he's like, yeah, I know you just went right because I've just spent half an hour trying to find you left, then right. And then he comes up to me next to the bike and he goes, oh, there's this little button down here that if you press the little button or flick the little switch, there's a reserve tank. That's how you would have gotten home. There's plenty of fuel in there to get home. But I had no idea. I didn't realise that I could switch over to that um, reserve tank. So I was stuck there. If I had have known that I could switch to someone else's fuel source, I would have been able to get home. And that's kind of a picture of what I want you to see today, that so often we are stuck, we can't move forward. But if you choose to switch to someone else's resources, and particularly if you choose to switch to the God of the universe's resource, amazing things can happen. And I think when we do that, as followers of Jesus, as people who are wanting to find out who Jesus is and be like him, when we switch to his resources, we then quite possibly can get what it takes to just step out into a space of uncomfortableness and intentionally invest in other people's lives. Because as people who are sitting on these chairs today, as people who know who God is, as people who get up in the morning and thank God for the freedom that he so graciously offers us, you have to remember that was born out of so much uncomfortableness. Everything that you are thankful for, the future and the hope that you have was gifted to you because your Christ said, I am willing to get very very uncomfortable for you. And I want to have a look at that. So let's go over to Mark 14, um, Gospel of Mark 14, and we're going to have a look at um, verse 32. And it said, this talking about Jesus, he's coming to the point where he realises that the time where he's going to have to sacrifice his life for you and for me is getting very close. They went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter and James along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. And going a little farther, he fell to the ground 
and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him abba father he said everything is possible for you take this cup from me yet not what i will but what you will and in the message it reads papa father you can can't you get me out of this take this away from me but if it's not what you want then i'll do what you want like the widow this is a picture of a person that says i'm i'm i don't have the strength to do this man i feel like i have nothing left to give in this moment i am done i have nothing to offer but because he went through that because he stepped and willing to stay in a place of extreme uncomfort like nothing you and i will ever know we get to have a future and we get to have a hope and it's a future that is worth talking about it's a future and a joy that's coming that is worth sharing and shouting about but if we try and forever to do it on our own reserves we'll always run dry life is too hard and i believe that satan wants you and i to feel so stressed out so at the end of your tether that we don't say anything that we don't go into the place of uncomfortable for him but i truly believe that that is what god is calling us to do we have something so precious so remarkable that if we could just switch tanks and go not my personality god's personality not my shyness what he's got to offer not my joy that i'm sharing cuz frankly i left mine 2 months back i'm not drawing on that i'm drawing on the joy that god has when i see that person i see no value to them i don't see any value to anyone but i'm drawing on god's value to that person and i'm going to intentionally invest in their lives because he died for them the same as he died for me and i'm so grateful we just need to be able to switch tanks and when you live a life where you are uncomfortable where you are willing to position yourself with god's power god's resources in uncomfortable i i am happy to back it i guarantee you you will see a god like you have never experienced in your life you will see his power at work that will blow your mind when you step into uncomfortable with god crazy town good stuff happens and it's exciting and it's energizing and i really want you guys to share that you will not know everyone here at refresh within 2 weeks time of going yeah i'm going to intentionally share that But if we work as a team, if we work as a full church that is willing to get uncomfortable so that other people can know God and can learn to trust God, then this place will be amazing and everyone will feel like I've been noticed. I'm known. And that's what makes the difference in people's lives. When you and I live beyond our personal limitations, that's when we see God at work in a mighty and super super powerful way and i really just i just want to challenge you this week in the weeks to come to go every time you feel that moment of i'm done 
I'm empty. Switch tanks. And I heard a sermon once of, um, of a man, and he, he sang a song. It was years ago. It was Whitney Phipps, I think it was, that sang. And I'll never forget the song. He said, if you don't have a willing heart for me, ask me to give you one. If you can't seem to make that start, trust in me. I'll do it for you. If you just feel like, God, I just can't even get to the point where I can physically switch from me to switch from you, ask him to do it for you. Ask him for his help. And I just think then you just get an absolute full, I'll take the works burger of Jesus because this is what it feels like to be stepping out in faith with him, to be in love with him and to be sharing with him. One line I heard at the beginning of this year is that your, us in 2018, the drug of choice, our drug of choice is comfort. We live for it. We waste our money on it. We waste our time on it. We crave it. We sometimes walk over people to get it. Comfort is what we seek. And I want to challenge you as a church to go, no, I'm going to buck what people think and I am going to walk holding Christ's hand into uncomfortable for the sake of the people that are around me. And I'm going to find some friends, I'm going to gather it, and we are going to live in uncomfortable, and man, are we going to have a great time with Christ in that space. Let me pray for you. Father God, we want to humbly come to you this morning and say, this life is really hard. We want to acknowledge, Lord, that the devil would love for us to be so just crazy, stressed out, tired, worn out, angry, bitter, sad, scared, frightened, shy, so that we will stop sharing you. But Lord, we want to challenge that and we want to ask as a group today that as a church that you will remind us to switch tanks, to not rely on our own resources, but to rely on you, to draw from your power and strength, Lord, so that we can then step into uncomfortable like you did just for us and that we can share you and who you are to the whole world around us. Lord, we want to praise you and thank you for the sacrifice you made for us. We're so grateful, Lord. Help it to inspire us to step out, to share and invest in the people around us. We love you so much, God, and we long for a day where the hurt and pain of this world will be over. We thank you for preparing a place and we cannot wait to be there with you. We love you and your Bible tells us that you love us too and we thank you for that. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.